Welcome back, and thanks for listening. As No Junk Mail presents Letter from Home, read to you by the author, James Von Felt. Dear Brett, how are things going? Are you going to be home for Christmas? Your dad told me you've got a new job. Rodney changed jobs this fall, too. He's a substitute teacher in Kansas City now. Jonathan's back home for the holidays. Got lots of stories about his semester in college. Isaac, well, he's Isaac. The corn show was a success again this year. Thanksgiving's come and gone, too. There's no more turkey left, and hunting season is gearing up. It's that time of year. Over north of Bloomfield last week, Cheyenne Birch miscalculated a curve on 159th Trail, went off the road, crashing her car, broke her nose and got a concussion. She's a homophiliac, a bleeder. The Bloomfield paper said Cole Swaim's youngest boy, Kalen, witnessed the crash and assisted in getting help fast. Sheriff Davis awarded Kalen the Davis County Life-Saving Award. He got his picture in the paper with Sheriff Davis and Cheyenne. West of town, on the outskirts of Troy, a grass fire got out of hand. It burned down the old barn on the O.F. Goddard Place. Our volunteer firemen got to the fire at about the same time as Troy's. They saved the old house, but the horse barn is gone. O.F. Goddard was probably the most renowned of the graduates of the Troy Academy back in the day. He read law under his uncle, which is to say he apprenticed to become a lawyer moved to Billings, Montana about 1880 and started practicing law there, served in the Senate and eventually rose to the position of Montana Supreme Court, another Iowa native who made his mark, lived to be 90 years old. I was three years old when he died. Let's see, what else been going on? The park pavilions rebuilt again. We hope it stays in place for a while. What with the Christmas fire last year and then the windstorm, the last thing left to do is install the stage curtain. It finally got here last week. The volunteer firemen are supposed to hang it in place Thursday after their meeting. Danny, our mayor, talked Lauren Knight into being the super on the pavilion project last summer. He's known as a master builder and has directed several farm building projects. He and his boys were in the construction trade before they brought the Rankle Dairy 15 years ago. Since then, they modernized the buildings, upgraded all the equipment, and made it a show place. He's a good dairy farmer to boot. Anyway, the work team, including a few Amish and Mennonite volunteers, got everything done before the corn show. The Christmas float parade was a big hit at the corn show this fall. Marlene Krebs is causing a stink regarding the Christmas float judging. 
It's her position that the title, Christmas Float Parade, means that the floats should show a Christmas theme of some sort. After all, she says, Christmas is about the birth of Christ. It's been an ongoing discussion at the Gas and Grill since Marlene brought it up after the parade. Emery, well, you know Emery, he's been pushing back, taking the position that Christmas is so secularized nowadays that anything might be thought to be Christmas. The parade committee gave the first prize winning ribbon to Jerry Lang and his family. The float was a large angel made of cardboard, beautifully painted, and included live shepherds and sheep, all riding in a hay wagon pulled by a four-wheeler. That certainly met Marlene's ideal of a Christmas float. The second prize went to Gabby, whose float consisted of a big box with wheels pulled by Jason's pony. The box was covered with Christmas paper to look like a present. It had a lid, and Gabby, who was hiding in the box, would jump up and wave at the people lined along the parade route. It was by far the most popular of all the floats. There were nine in all. They will all be Christmas decorations on the park grounds this year. The tractor pull event at the corn show was different this year. It started with a horse pull event. The Chickering Boys, the Deaton family, and the Seawall brothers brought their horses. Well, Harry and Larry brought their mules. The Chickerings have a match pair of dapple gray English Shire that are truly beautiful animals. The Deaton's pure black Persians were equally beautiful, large and strong. Harry and Larry Seawall's red mules were smaller and not as spectacular as the large animals, but they showed they could pull a load too. The horse and mule pulling was spectacular. It brought back old memories. In the evening after milking, Uncle Mac would hitch up his two matched white draft horses to a weighted sled and practice pulling. He took them to the fair in the fall to compete. You have to see a horse pull to appreciate it. In my opinion, the tractor pull with all the noise, dust, and bluster can't compare. The Amish still use draft horses to do farm work in our area. We see them in the fields pulling plows, wagons, and such. I don't know what breeds they use, but their animals don't appear to be as large. The Jacob Miller family, south of Drakesville, have made a good business raising and training giant Belgians. They have customers visiting all year. One last thing. The last event at the corn show was the Cattlemen's Association meeting on stage. Adam McIntyre and Don Phillips, sheriffs from Wapolo and Van Buren counties, were speakers along with Sheriff Davis. They told us about the current rise in cattle rustling that's going on. The rumor has been around, and from time to time you hear that a cow was slaughtered back in a field somewhere, and the meat taken, 
I had no idea that so many calves and cows had been stolen right out of the fields. It appears that organized gangs are roaming the countryside, stealing cattle. With the price of calves reaching $1,000 each, that adds up to a big loss quickly. They used to hang horse thieves. I wonder what the penalty is when they catch a cow thief. Well, that's it for now. From where the corn grows tall and pigs fly. Take care. All my love, Grandpa Jim.